what happens if your social media account goes down, right? It's not a thought that I want you to think about, but in the back of your head, are you utilizing your emails and your email list, right? Because most of us are not. Now, if you're an email pro, you can definitely skip this episode. But for those of you like myself who sometimes put those emails on the back burner, this episode is going to change your mind. I've got a good friend, Shannon Vondi, who's going to come in. She's an email marketing strategist, and we are diving into how we've built our email list and more importantly, how we are converting sales through our email. So whether you are telling yourself you're not a great writer, you don't know what to say, you don't know how many emails to send per week, we're answering all of those questions as well as how to get people onto your list. So take a listen. You're going to learn a lot from this one. Hey y'all, I'm Taylor DeHaze, a seven-figure business consultant and strategist for online fitness coaches wanting to build life-changing companies. Real talk, I wasn't an overnight success and that would make for a pretty boring story. I was fired from my TV reporting career of a decade with just $825 to my name. In just two years, I built a seven-figure coaching business. Now I'm sharing my proven strategies with you. Oh, and we'll keep it real, discussing mindset, money, and hardship to help you build the life of your dreams. So grab a cup of coffee and get cozy. Welcome to the Taylor Hayes podcast. I'm so glad you're here. All right, Shannon. So I think we first need to talk about the fact that you have connections to Mizzou in a very weird way. So can we first like bring up the fact that you dated one of my professors in high school? Wait, I didn't realize he was one of your professors. Oh my God, I'm Everyone's like, what is happening? Okay. So basically I found Shannon on the internet as we all find amazing people. Right. And uh, she was referred to as just a genius when it comes to emails, which is why we're having this entire podcast. And I saw that there was a mutual friend who happened to be a professor that I had in college. Mind you, this professor was maybe, maybe 10 years older than me, like not even like, I don't know. So anyway, apparently Shannon went to high school with him and they like dated in high school. So that's what I found out on this goose chase of finding an amazing email marketer. I am dead that he was your professor. Anyway, it's just really funny because I know him from high school. <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't seem much older than me when, when I was in college. Anyway, I, he was my professor in grad school. So we just bonded over liking email music. So, you know, I don't know if he also like emo music, but if you do, cool. Um, he definitely was into emo. I remember this nice. from him. So, Shannon, yes. Were you emo? Yes. Were you emo in high school? Uh, maybe, maybe a little, I a think little. I was, yeah. I mean, I kind of like the indie scene always. Nice. So yeah. Okay. Remember like when the fake glasses were cool, like, were you part of that trend with like the fake big glasses and like the beret or how did, how, how mm -hmm. I definitely wore berets, 100% wore berets. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're really taking a deep dive on this podcast, but I love it. Yeah. Start. So, all right. The reason I wanted to bring you on is because there is just this like dark cloud for some coaches whenever we're talking about building your email list. And I'm talking to the coaches listening who maybe they want to, maybe they have a freebie or a lead magnet. Maybe you have an email list, but you're just not utilizing it. And then over time, it's just not really growing. Uh, or maybe you have a good size, but you're not converting. And so I first just want to ask you, like, when you think about the importance of having an email list, like convince me why we need one. I would love to. I actually just had somebody DM me before I got on this voice memo of me. She's part of my email club membership. I've known her for years. She DM me and said, I am so thankful I joined your membership when I did because she, I don't know if everyone else is experiencing weird issues with Instagram lately. I Mine has just been a 
excuse my language shit show uh but it's just is explicit it's like mark fantastic i don't know why apple did that for me but like you're good <laughs> fantastic so yes it's a shit show over there right now her account has been gone like her whole business account so this was her personal account she messaged me on her business account is gone and she was like hadn't been using her email list before but had collected them over the years and and literally did she was like i don't need one my my uh services are full all this and i'm like you know you might want to just have one because god forbid you lose your instagram account and here she is and she literally was like i am so so thankful i have your support in this email space and that i have like an 850 person list to email because i have been collecting them i just haven't been emailing them so she's like i can still talk to these people and felt really empowered by that right of like not just having lost her entire instagram account all the content she's lost from it um just everything right and so she was like i'm just so happy that i still have a place to be able to communicate with my people do you know exactly what happened? Was it more of like her account got suspended or like what message popped up? Do you know? So with her, we're not a hundred percent sure. She actually had asked me, she's like, do you know if I couldn't have this kind of link in my thing? And I was like, no, honestly, I'd heard it happening to a couple other people, but most people I heard were losing it for like a half an hour. They weren't losing their account for like weeks on end. She literally run like is a Facebook per like an ads person, you know? So she like knows, she's like, it's almost embarrassing for her to have lost her account, right? Cause she's just like, I don't, you know, it happens. It just happens to anybody. That's the thing, right? Like anybody could lose your Instagram, your TikTok, your social, whatever social channel you use, you could lose, but with email and or just having a multi omni presence in your marketing, at least if you do have an account go down, if you have something flagged, whatever, you have a backup, right? You have a channel to still communicate with your people and your whole business isn't going to just crumble. Totally. And you know, even if you do have an email list, like maybe you're not selling on it right now, because I know anyone listening to this right now, you're prioritizing one platform, which is normal, right? Like you're, you're selling primarily through one channel, which is normal. Even my email gurus, they're likely selling primarily through their email channel and they're not selling on Instagram or whatever the hell it is. Right. And so as you're listening to this, I don't want you to panic and think your Instagram is going to go away tomorrow, but I do want you to open your mind up to starting an email list and knowing not only just how to build the list, but how to sell on the list, how to convert, how to, um, increase click rates and things like that. And that's what we're going to dive into. So, okay. Let's say that for the sake of this podcast, you know, people have an email list, but they're just not utilizing it. Right. Right. I think the first question is, let's say we've got a killer lead magnet, right? If you love your freebie, you're passing it out, but there's no sequence or there's no emails afterwards, right? Like how do you teach somebody to bring somebody in and then just like keep nurturing them? What's kind of the flow for you for a lead magnet? Sure. So, I mean, I like to build a little, I mean, and again, this isn't required. So if you don't have this, this is okay. So I do, I have two different schools of thought here. So one, if you have a freebie and you're emailing regularly, you don't necessarily have to have a crazy nurture sequence after the freebie, right? If, if you have a pretty good, you know, you're emailing regularly and everyone, you know, people are coming on that maybe have a like an interest in you or kind of know who you are. If you're targeting brand new people though to your list, it could be a big benefit to you to have a really strong nurture or welcome sequence or whatever you want to call it, right? There's that's the fun of email marketing. There's a million words that all mean the same thing. Um, but essentially it's it's a really good idea to walk them through 
introducing introducing you introductory to you right like to get to know what you do you don't want to go crazy here of just like me 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 because then people will get bored you know you kind of think of it like dating right like you don't you want to like just kind of give them some more information and like how you can help them how what you do can serve them and so these things are really good especially if you're wanting to eventually sell in your email list of having a goal in mind at the end of the day with your freebie, right? Because a lot of times we create these freebies. There's there's several things that could go wrong here, but um, a lot of times we create these freebies and we don't really know where we're going with it. Like we don't necessarily have an end goal and that's okay if you're just literally wanting to grow your list. If that is your goal, great. But maybe you wanna push an offer. Maybe you wanna get something out there more, right? So if you know your end goal, that might help you through building this sequence because you can think about, okay, how what do I need to tell them to get them to the sale? What do they need to hear? What would help them feel empowered to make a decision if I'm the right person for coaching, for whatever it is you're selling? Um, so yeah, hopefully that kind of answers some of those questions. I can go deeper if you <laughs> wanna hog the conversation. I I always find that there's so much confusion or not even confusion, but like perfectionism around the sequence, like that word, I think people assume there has to be one way to do it. So I'll give you an example. Anytime a client creates a new anything or is trying to add a sequence to something that people are opting in for, you know, I might have an introductory flow, like a five to nine email flow, but I always kind of tell them like, there's an asterisk here because number one, you're going to want to evaluate what subject lines are working. You're going to want to evaluate where people are opting out or opting in. So someone else's email three may need to be email two or email four. Like you just don't know. Right. And, and that's why I guess my question for you is on average, like in a perfect world and not, don't even try to sugarcoat it and say like, well, only start with, like, I want to hear like in a perfect world, if you're kicking ass with content, like how long is a typical sequence or how many times should, should you be emailing your list per week? So I like to email my list at least once a week. Um, I know that sounds crazy to some people because, you know, we I have a lot of other crazy low. Right. I mean, it can. Right. So like some people, I mean, I was just listening to somebody talking about how she has just gotten to sending three a week. And to some people that can sound insane amount of emails. Um, So I always just say, figure out what you can do consistently and stick to that. So for me right now, a week is really like once a week is really good for me um, and my schedule and my time and what I'm doing. However, when I go into either a launch period or if I have a new offer or if I have something that's like a a short, you know, a, a sale, something like that promotion. Um, I'll obviously send more emails during that time. I think a lot of times we also get in our heads about sending quote unquote, too many emails or being quote unquote, annoying is another one we get too. Um, because at the end of the day, I think we just need to remember people are raising their hand and asking to hear more from you that when they come onto your email list, they are literally saying, I like what you're saying. I want more of it. So we're not annoying them by emailing. In fact, it would be annoying to not email them. So I think getting out of that stigma of it, just needing to have a strict schedule, right? Like I said, like I like to pick once a week, but if I feel like sending another email, if I have a thought I want to share in the middle of the week, I'll send another email. Like it doesn't have to be so specific in that, like I can only email on Tuesdays. (laughs) Like if you want to send an email on Thursday, you can send an email on Thursday. Uh, It's your email list at the end of the day. Um, But what I would say is I would at least stick to the schedule you can. So I, like I said, find a week, once a week works for me. 
depending on your goals, you may want to send more emails than that. The girl that was sending more than that was she's pushing stuff. She's working hard. She's wanting to connect more. And often the more you email, the more money you make. It, it's just kind well, of, that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to, you know, I guess get to is <clears throat> I'm, I'm under the impression, well, listen, yes, of course, I want you to be able to do what you say you're going to do. But I think if you're really going to do it and start a new platform, you've got to really crank up the volume, right? Like for example, if I were to build a brand new Instagram page tomorrow, I would not post once a week. I would be posting daily to just like build some traction there and try to get people on there. And, you know, if you're somebody that's listening to this and let's say you're making, um, I don't know, six multi six figures and you're scaling to seven and you're really trying to, you've got several offers, you've got a podcast, right? If the podcast is one email a week, the offer is one email a week, you're nurturing three times a week. Like that's almost daily, right? Realistically, maybe you're pushing your Facebook group once a week. I don't know. But I think that we also forget that we can literally take content that's already performing well and just zhuzh it up a little bit for emails, right? And so if you're looking at email copy, Instagram copy, podcast here, like how do they coexist together? I think that people don't realize, and I mean, I know that you love writing and so do I, but it's like at this point in my business, I have so much copy and content to do that I'm obviously repurposing. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of times we underutilize <laughs> repurposing because, and I mean, I've even done that with some of my clients because we'll do done for you emails for people. And it's like, sometimes I'm like, Hey, we sent this email six months ago. Let's redo it a little bit and send it again. Like it's no one's going to one, remember two, they're not going to go and say, you know what? You sent this six months ago. They're not going to go back and like, look and say, they're probably actually going to maybe resonate with it differently. Six months later, three months later, like you can kind of play with these numbers, however works best for you. Um, but people don't remember they're not paying attention the way we think they are. So yes, absolutely repurpose your content. I actually see people do this a lot recently. I've just noticed a few bigger names in the industry doing this kind of thing. I'll see their posts on Instagram and then like I'll happen to catch their email in my inbox and I'm like, oh, it's the same thing. <laughs> like some people frown on that. Some email marketers, some, you know, people, strategists have different ideas there. They're like, well, don't share the same content in two places, but like if it works for you, just do it. Like, why, why does it, why do we need to have these rules around things that, you know, if it doesn't work for you that way, don't do it that way. But if you want to send the same email as in your content, people are going to look at it differently in like a, a graphic form versus an email written form or yep. YouTube form. Yep. I mean, I, somebody asked me recently how I post twice a day on Instagram and cause one's a video and one's a carousel. And I said, I literally take the previous month that's already been done and I make every one of those a video. So I love it. it's not like I'm doing, I mean, yes, I have to film the video, but it's not more work. But I also, you know, I'm under the impression that I hate saying that, that, you know, the space is saturated. I won't even go there. But my point is the more time you can get somebody to spend with you, the more likely they are to buy. So if somebody's spending an hour on a podcast, you're the first thing they see on email, the first thing they see on threads, the first thing they see on Instagram, you know, they're going to buy from you. And so if you're like one email, one Instagram post, like where's the volume, you know? And so I think at some point, yes, of course, do what you can. But at some point, like, why are you not pushing the urgency? Do you at want some point you're making excuses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, but, but the reason I bring that up is because I always hear the excuses with emails, right? Mm -hmm. 
Taylor, mm-hmm. can I just do like one newsletter? Probably not. Taylor, can I do not if you want to sell? <laughs> right, that's what I mean. Like you know how many times you heard me say something or Shannon say something before you invested in us? Maybe six months worth of shit. What if yeah. all you saw was one email a week for six months? It's not very many touch points. And so, no, and people will wonder yeah. why they're not selling. Like, would you post one Instagram post and not post another one for six months and wonder why you're not selling? Like, right. no, you post on Instagram. I mean, I post on stories almost 10 times a day. You know, it's like, I just, it's like, I, I'm bad at posting on my feed if I'm honest, but I do keep up with stories. And like, it's one of those things that like, yes, you have to find your consistency and what works for you. But like we said, at some point you are finding, you are making excuses. And it is funny that people tend to make it around email. They have this stigma that it's just harder. I want, I also wonder if it just feels more personal in a really weird way, right? Like we'll slide into people's DMS. We will talk with them all the time. You and I have connected this way. Right. And it's like, but when it comes to like replying to an email, you're kind of like, oh, can I get in their inbox? (laughs) So I think we can think it the reverse too, right. Of like, oh no, if I send another email, are they going to like unsubscribe? Well, maybe, but that's fine. If they do, they can always come back. If they, you know, you have another great freebie or they just need your services. We never know. That's the other thing too, right? Like we get in our head about people unsubscribing. Sometimes they just unsubscribe for their mental health, for things that have nothing to do with you or your emails. Um, And another great example I thought of when you were saying too about selling, I have had clients literally call me on the phone and thank me for sending a reminding email about like a sale ending. Like she's like, I have a toddler, I forgot, I wanted to order this thing and I'm so glad you sent that email or else I would have forgotten to order. So I'm always like, if you could make a sale by sending an email, wouldn't you? (laughs) I have clients where, okay, so I, I don't have formal categories. When I think about writing emails, I have, you know, a a handful of testimonials that are kind of the same flow. I've got the like launch, something is new, yay, kind of announcement email situation. And then I've got, I would say three times a month, I'll repurpose an Instagram caption. And then I've got the like off the cuff, like life updates that I really can't pre-write very, I mean, I, I I might do a week ahead of time or something, right? But sometimes those off those off the cuff emails are always the ones that really get people's attention. And those are the ones that even my clients are like, wow, this was so incredible. And I'm like, I posted that on Instagram and you didn't even like say anything about it, but the email hit them. And I think it's because it feels so personal to like, it was sent to you, even mm-hmm. though they know it wasn't directly. Like when something is sent to you and it's like, you're receiving it, right? Instagram, you choose what you see. And sure, like, I know the feed shows people before others, but like, people are likely not searching for your name and finding you on Instagram. It's almost like if you pop up, you pop up. Whereas where emails, like they're choosing to see that and it feels very personal. And I, I, I agree with you. you. You brought this up earlier. I think that the people that struggle with vulnerability and struggle with audience connection have the hardest time building an email list. How do you help your clients open up a little bit more to share their story? Because to me, email feels like a blog. That's kind of how I treat it. Yeah, no. And I think I I noticed this too. And I love talking on email mindset because I do think that we really just get in our heads for some reason with it more so than other platforms. I mean, we do with other platforms too, but I feel like, especially with email, I find that people really get in their heads. Um, so I feel like share, share what you can, right? Like if you, maybe there is a situation you're not ready to share yet. You feel like you should, because people are like, be vulnerable, be vulnerable. And maybe it's just not right timing for you. And that's okay. That's okay. But 
what if what you shared helped one person? Like, what if what you shared really made somebody feel seen? You know, I see sometimes people, and I think they're extremely brave, sharing whatever it is, something extremely deep and personal that maybe I would never share if I went through it, um, you know, and, but how many people are they helping by saying it? How many people are they saying, it's okay if you went through this, or it's okay if you felt this way about, you know, your kids annoy you, they annoy me too. Like, that's okay. Whatever it is that, makes you relatable and is something you can share and like make somebody else feel seen that's why you're getting the responses that's why people are feeling connected to you so again let's figure out what level you can connect what can you share that feels good to you that maybe again go as deep or not as deep as you want to but find what matters to you and like how much you can share rather than trying to think of like opening a can of worms or sharing from a scar that hasn't healed yet you don't want to you know go go there yet but maybe you'll find some therapy in just starting talking about it too right like you never know what kind of responses you're going to get from people of just thanking you for sharing information that maybe they were feeling or like you're saying with the emails you're sharing that are just you're kind of off the cuff personal ones are the ones that are resonating with people because you're real you're being who you are I think there's also a disconnect between be like vulnerability, meaning some deep, dark trauma story. Like it's not a trauma dump. Like storytelling is what you do every single day. When you tell somebody how your day was, right? Like that's what you do every single day. That's how you communicate, right? Like Shannon and I right now are sharing stories about how we utilize emails. Like this is not deep, dark, vulnerable. I'm I'm not feeling triggered by saying anything, right? So I think it's also understanding what storytelling is. But if all of your copy is, here's how to do this, one, two, three, sign up now. Like that's not going to get anyone, right? And so I would love to know your thought on this, but a sequence that I typically follow or a cadence, sorry, a cadence that I typically follow is three nurtures, one pitch, three nurtures, one pitch. It's kind of the cadence I do. So if I'm doing four emails a week, there's one pitch a week, but the other three are kind of like nurturing storytelling. Um, I don't think that there's one way to do that, but that's typically what I've done. Um, But I'm curious to know what that ratio is. And again, I'm not talking to the people that are doing an email a week. Let's say for the purpose of this, we're sending three to five emails a week. Um, We're really, you know, trying to utilize that. This coach probably has maybe a podcast or a YouTube channel that they're prioritizing. What is the cadence of pitching an offer versus just like nurturing? I mean, I really like your cadence. That sounds perfect. I think one that kind of floats around the space a lot is two nurtures to your sale kind of thing. Um, I'm such an intuitive person. I tend to like to go off of my intuition too. So like if I'm, I like to do a lot of what I call a soft sell email, which essentially is like giving some value and then inviting them to come for more. So like if I give them, three tips or like you just said, you know, Hey, here are three tips for how to organize your Instagram feed. I don't know. I'm just throwing something out there. You could say like, do you need more help with this? Like DM me or send, you know, click here and let's talk about this service for you. Or, you know, like those kind of things, like I don't ever want to limit myself from selling either. If it feels right for me to sell in that email, like, but you don't have to look at it as selling either. I, this is another great mindset trick for me. And for a lot of my people in my community is, I think of selling like serving, right? So if I don't offer them an option to help them with their problem, I'm kind of doing them a disservice. Like I'm not, so I don't even look at it as like selling or trying to make money. It's like, how can I help somebody 
do more in their business, make more money in their business, do whatever their goals are, find their hopes, dreams, whatever it is. How can I give them something? And yes, usually that is a quote unquote sale, but that doesn't mean it's like pushing it down their throat. Like we tend to think of when it comes to sales. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you too. I mean, there's, and you can tell me, but I have something to click on in every email. I think that's a must, honestly. Like my biggest thing is having some sort of call to action in an email. Yeah. And sometimes the call to action maybe isn't clickable. It could be like respond or reply. Um, I don't do that one as much, but a simple click, like you have to have something, but sometimes that click is a lead magnet. Sometimes it's a podcast episode. It's not always like a direct application link. And I think there's a disconnect because when we think of our email list, I think a lot of us think of the junk AOL MSN accounts that has all of this spam in it. And we're like, we don't want to add to the spam because we already associated emails and spam together. So it's hard for us to even disassociate that, to even get excited about emails. And they've been around, I mean, emails have been around for so long. It's not like, you know, threads or TikTok where you were just quickly like seeing traction immediately, right? It's going to take some time to break into something that's been around for, for decades. So, you know, if, if you get a client that again is, you know, they've got a successful offer, they're successfully selling on whatever platform it is. And they're like, Hey, listen, I want to start selling on emails. I am utilizing emails, but my click rate just isn't that great. What are you going to audit about what's going on in order to kind of give them a strategy? So one of the first things I would look for is how they're inviting that click. So a lot of not a lot of times, but sometimes I see this happen that they'll like just have a hyperlink kind of like buried in the email somewhere and they're like, no one's clicking. And I'm like, well, it's not very clear where you want me to click. Like you just have this little teeny tiny hyperlink and maybe it's not even a bright color. Like I don't even see it. Um, so I always suggest whatever you want them to do, make it a big fat button. Like just put a big fat button in that email and say like, click here or use a snappy title, use something intriguing. That's another really good thing to get people to click, right? If we say, I have a friend who actually sends emails, like it's like nine things, right? Or whatever. She does like a roundup of things. And she always does these really snappy, like my kids would die if I bought them this or whatever. And it's like, well, what is it? I got to find out. So you have to click on it and it's, you could do the same exact things with your call to action, right? Like click here if you want better results from your workouts or whatever, right? Like, um, or you want to lose whatever amount of weight or whatever your body fat, whatever your thing is, um, but yeah, so I always look for that. Um, and I always look to for, I'll, I'll play with several things if there's really a click issue. Like I'll say, okay, let's try playing with the hyperlinks in it versus the buttons, see what we can get people to click on versus the other. Cause sometimes people don't know what you want them to click on. So it's like, let's kind of see what they will click. And I'll also experiment with an email with a bunch of links versus just one call to action. Cause sometimes there's an interesting disconnect with people as far as like, they're like, oh, I don't know what to click on or they want lots of options to click on. So sometimes you just kind of have to get to know people's audiences and, or you need to train your audience as to what you want them to do. Um, so again, that's why I like that big button is like most of my subscribers know to look for that big button. Cause that's, the meat and potatoes, you know? <laughs> I would say that I probably do a plethora of those things. Um, <clears throat> buttons, I probably don't utilize as much because this is just a me thing. I think that they look ugly in the email and they like mess with it depends my on your service provider too. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like some of them can be cute, but I'm like, man, I don't like the way that, that button looks. It messes with my flow. But um, I agree. I've definitely done 
multiple links before. Um, but what what is a good click rate to shoot for? So average is like 1.9%. I know that sounds really low because I think we all think emails need to have like 100% on these things. And, and that's just unlikely to happen unless you have an extremely small list or something um, or a segment of your list. But um, I try to aim for over 2% in general because that's a decent click rate of anything above that average. I mean, they can go from anywhere, right? So it's it's really just figuring out it depends on industry too. Like those can make a difference as far as like, if you're in different industries, you get different click rates and things like that. But, um, on average, I just try and like aim for, you know, anywhere above that 2% mark is a really good goal to go for. Got it. So back to kind of building the list. Okay. So we've got, we know the cadence we should use. We know where to put links. What else are we doing? What else are you auditing when we're looking at, okay, what if somebody has a, 2% click rate, but they're not landing sales through emails, then what? So that's probably a messaging issue of some kind. So I would start looking at like, where are people getting tripped up, right? Are they getting tripped up in the email itself? Probably not if they're clicking forward. So they're probably getting lost on your sales landing page, excuse me, or yeah, sales page, um, whatever you are linking them to. Um, so I would start looking at that and you might be overcomplicating things too, right? Like sometimes I will go to somebody's link in their thing and then like it's this epic sales page and to like find the checkout, like I'm like, okay, I'm in, I'm ready to buy. In fact, I have this crazy story. I was looking at my friends, a friend of mine, she had a membership. I was thinking of joining it and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to do it. And so I went to her email and I literally could not find the link to get to the membership page to sign up. And so I'm looking everywhere. And so this is a great thing. Again, links are fine. You can totally use hyperlinks. Just maybe bold them, make them like bigger, brighter, a different color so that we can see where they are. Because in this case, I think she just had a little thing like click and then the here was like highlighted. I finally found a link at the bottom of the page and I was like, yes, here it is. And I clicked it and it says, you have opted out of these emails. And I was like, I did not want to do that. And I was like, and there was no way to get back in. And so now I was never going to get emails about this membership again. The thing I wanted to go buy, <laughs> I couldn't buy. And I'm like, so that I would like look at and go, okay, you're making this way too hard for people to buy from you. So usually again, it's either a messaging issue or just a confusion issue. Yeah. I mean, I also think that we <clears throat> typically, we just don't know what KPIs to measure against what is standard, because I don't think anyone would think in their head that like 1.9, like that sounds like trash. You know what I mean? Um, when in reality it's not. And then open rates, I mean, what would you say is average to shoot for? Usually around 20% is average. I've heard that, but man, I feel like it's higher. Yeah. Like that just seems low to me. I mean, if you have a 20% open and like a 3% click, I'm going to be like, that's confusing. You have like very specific people that are ready to buy, um, figure out who those people are, <laughs> target them. Um, Absolutely. So what's just, I mean, what are some, uh, FAQs or just like misconceptions about emails? I know we talked about the mindset and all of that, but like, what are some frequently asked questions that you get from clients that are coming to you? A lot of times people just don't know what to say in their emails. Like, they're just like, I just don't know what to say. And like, or I'm not a good writer. That's another one I get a lot of is like, oh, I'm just not a good writer. And I'm like, you write social captions all the time. You write in your stories. You like, you're doing, you're writing all the time. And the best part of emails is they're, yes, they can be like a blog post if you want them to be, 
but they don't have to be. Like there's no word limit to hit. I have seen some really, really, I imagine successful emails recently. I've been kind of highlighting them like within, you know, my community of just like literally having like three sentences in an email. Like I bought stickers off of a website the other day that was literally like glitter stickers are on sale. Click here to buy. And I was like, done. I literally clicked it immediately. And I w- it was three sentences, the whole email. And I was just like, I'm in. Um, and I saw this work the other day, a girl had a summit and she said the same thing. She goes, uh, it's now available, click here. And I was like, that's so nice and easy. Like sometimes we just overthink this process of needing this like epic, crazy madness. And sometimes it's as simple of like, do you wanna join my Facebook group? Do you wanna come get this freebie? Do you want like, <laughs> it can be so easy. Another thing I hear too is like with the not knowing what to write, they people feel like they have to talk about business in all of their emails. And I'm like, you can talk about your dogs. You can talk about, I've written about Christmas ornaments. I write about Halloween every year. Like I talk about candy. Like you can write about anything that feels right to your brand, right? And that's actually going to be, proud again, as we discussed earlier, be the emails that people resonate with most is because they can relate to them. Um, so again, I think we just get in our heads that they need to be this like crazy epic thing. And I'm like, just send a couple sentences, remind people you exist is really the key, right? Being front of mind. I agree. Um, what, what's another, I guess, question that you get frequently or concern? Um, what else do I get a lot of, um, I mean, honestly, a lot about like trying to sell. I think sometimes we tend to turn into robots when it comes to our emails. Like we forget that we're talking to somebody on the other end of the screen. So I always think of, can you write to just one person? Like who, sometimes I'll even do this if I'm like super stumped. I haven't done it in a long, long time, but like another great thing is the more you write emails, the easier it gets. Like, seriously, I don't even think about it anymore. (laughs) But when I first started, I was, it took me a while. And so I would go through my list and I would find somebody, like, I would just scroll through the email names until I saw someone I recognized. And I'd be like, I'm gonna write this email to her. Like, I just picked this person and I'd just be like, Hey name. But then in my head, I was saying their name and I would just write it to them. And those emails almost always do amazing. I mean, one email I wrote like that, I made $2,600 off of. So it's just like really good tip. Honestly, that's like one that I might steal. That's a great one. Because yeah, if you're ever writing, feeling stumped, well, you're already writing emails to like your ideal client, right? Or like whatever the storyboard is. But when you literally are like, man, I know this girl or this dude, they've been, I know their objections. And I know if I get this, like that just makes it so much easier. Like you're literally writing to one person. Yeah. 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 And it resonates with more people because, and they feel like you wrote it to them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, I did. Um, <laughs> I've done that with Instagram. It's so funny because I've done that with Instagram posts because, you know, I'm in the DMS a lot. And so somebody will say something. I'm like, Oh, take a note to, you know, handle that later. But looking through your email list for some reason that just like hits differently. Like that's so um, that's just an, that's an easy tip. So I love that. If you're, if you're working with a coach and, um, let's say I want to talk about common misconceptions with coaches that are struggling to kind of reach their first six figure mark, what would you say the biggest sticking point is on the email side of why they're not able to convert and kind of reach that six figure foundation? 
Um, probably not sending enough emails, I think is something we've already kind of addressed, right? Like they're probably sending one a week, maybe every other week. Cause a lot of people, again, they have this weird stigma around, I'm telling you, most of my audience would be like three times a week. They'd be freaking out about having to send that many emails. Um, I mean, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, but <laughs> like, I think when people tell me they want to send more emails, I'm like, I love you. Uh, but I think that that's one thing, like, cause people just forget they, they might see your email and be like, I do kind of, I am kind of interested in that offer. And then they just completely, they're like, I'll, I'll get to it later. I'm at soccer practice, with my kids, whatever I'm at. Right. And I just don't have time to do it. And then they completely forget by the time they get home. Cause they've gotten 50 other emails and they just don't think about it. So that's one thing is probably they just haven't heard from you enough to know their like need to buy from you. Um, and then you're probably maybe not hitting on exactly what it is they're needing to hear to take action. So you may want to, again, it probably will come back a little bit to messaging or and or storytelling and finding a way to make them see that like how this will transform their life, how this can, how the, what is the benefit for them, right? Like a lot of times we talk about the features like, oh, you're going to get this, 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 you'll get this. People don't really care. They want to know how is it going to change their life? How is it going to help them with their problems? Um, so hitting on those things I find will most likely push you into more sales with your emails and likely push you more into that um, higher bracket of sales too. What about on the way to seven figures? What would you say the mistake is there? Or is it the same thing? I mean, it's somewhat the same, but I'd also wonder if I, I mean, I'd have to see a bunch of emails, but I wonder if at that point people are starting to get not, I mean, jaded isn't the right word, but I can't think of a better one in this moment. But when you start to get that much volume, I think you start to maybe even take a little bit of it for granted. And maybe going back to writing to that one person would be really key because how would you feel if somebody was making seven figures wrote you an email that was like really personal to you, right? Like felt really personal and felt like you were welcomed and warmed in their audience when, you know, they're hitting seven figures. Like, I don't know, I'd get a little starstruck. I'd be like, oh, hey, <laughs> this girl knows who I am or knows like is, is speaking to me. Um, so I think that that could be, again, I'd want to like look at a bunch of emails, but I have a feeling that that might be why there's becoming a disconnect as people are growing their business. Yeah. So if you were to give listeners two pieces of homework, what would it be? Hmm. Okay. Well, I'm assuming we already have email lists going, so I won't go there. Um, but I would say try the adding another email a week, right? So if you send one or two right now, try adding another and see what happens. I know somebody that started doing that and saw massive, massive results in her emailing from just, and her in, uh, income, God, I can't think of the word, um, in her income, because she just started sending a third email. Her strategy, I think, was sending two value emails and then a sales email every week. So that could be a really fun homework strategy for you is just to try it and don't try it once and don't try it again. Do you know what I mean? So do it consistently for a couple weeks. You may have people unsubscribe, but again, just remember that like those people aren't for you. They're getting off your list because they probably weren't going to ever buy anyway. They're just sitting there taking up space. If you pay for a provider that charges you per subscriber, think of it as a win. Like they're self-segmenting and getting off your list and you can pay for one less person. Um, so, I mean, again, I, I don't, I'll tell you a little story really quickly about in unsubscribes to a friend of mine, email person said, 
somebody emailed her and said, Hey, I just got back on your email list. I had to leave because I had cancer and I had to take care of myself. And I just had to like clear my inbox for a while, but I really missed your email. So now I'm back. And she and I both thought we are never, ever going to judge anyone ever again for leaving unsubscribing from our email list because you just never know their reasons. Right. So just don't, let's just look at who is there and celebrate who is on our list, who is replying, who is clicking on things and not look at who's leaving. So that's a good homework assignment too, right? Like let's shift our mindsets on that. That's why, I mean, I've just never even taken offense to unsubscribes because like you've said, it's like some, if somebody unfollows you, I mean, it's the same thing. Like people unfollow us every single day or whatever it is. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that the moral of the story is like, you have to play around. You have to like fuck around and find out, right? That's like, the, that's really what you have to do with emails. And, you know, if you recently have a sequence that you've put out there or you're upping, you know, your frequency in the month, like please evaluate your KPIs at least every 30 days. I mean, I think 30 days is probably decent for emails, but what what's your take on that? Yeah, I think that that's good. I mean, at least every quarter too, if you're not doing it every 30 days, because I know sometimes there's months that you're just insane and you're like, this just isn't going to happen. So at least do it every quarter. Um, another thing I like to do is I just have like a spreadsheet of my emails. So I put in my subject line, I put in, I, I give this to my email um, members too, my my membership members, and they love it. Like I actually didn't expect that to be the thing they, they like truly love. But that way you put in your, um, I put in my, uh, sorry, subject line. And then I'll put in my open rates, click rates, unsubscribe sometimes too, just so I can see like if I have a major one, if I need to like see what's going on. I actually did this for a client and we noticed people were marking her spam. So I just had to like put a note in there because it was she went viral. It was a weird thing. So we were getting really weird people on our email list and they were marking her spam. So I just like added a note saying like, you can unsubscribe, but like, please don't mark me spam. <laughs> so, and that helped actually. So it was just, sometimes I like to track it just to know what's going on and where I can fix things. But what was cool when I did this for myself is I noticed people opened more with a certain word. Like I, when I use the word email in my subject line, people open more. Um, so I was like, I know, I thought it was really strange too. I was like, okay. Um, but then I try and incorporate it more into my subject lines, especially if I'm seeing a little bit of a dip in my email opens, right? Or the same thing with clicks, right? Like if I have a really good click rate in something, I might go back and go, okay, what, it, what got them? What intrigued them? Where can I use more of that? later in my journey of email writing that could benefit me in the future. And we just keep ours in Airtable, you know, I mean, it just, uh, too. I've got my team like <clears throat> basically jotting down metrics at the end of the week. Um, just again, it's just nothing but open click unsubscribes, like very, very simple, but yeah, I mean, even taking note of like, wow, my audience opens emails when I don't use emojis. And when I do, and I'm just making that up, but like little things like that, like you'll notice it because I cannot, I think my homework for all of you would be number one, write your subject line last, stop writing it first. And 100% I agree. that's like a baby homework assignment, but we get so hung up on the lead or the subject line. It's like, never write that first ever, always write that last. And I always would say, go through your email, whatever you're writing, whatever, whatever phrase like stood out, like that's, that's the subject line. Like that's what you play off of. Um, and I'm with you. I think the second, well, the second thing is kind of unrelated, but I would encourage you to really do some homework on whatever lead magnet you're using. Take a look at the open rate and unsubscriptions on a sequence that you've been using recently that I know you made and you have not looked at. 
because if everyone is unsubscribing on email two of nine, we have a problem, right? Um, they're not. I was actually going to say, go reassess one of your funnels and see what's going on with it. So yes, we're on the go, same page people. there. Nice. <laughs> all right. Well, is there anything else? I'm obviously going to put all of your information below. You can check out Shannon, her membership, all of the things. Maybe get on her email list, right? Um, but is Absolutely. there anything else that I didn't ask you that I should have? No, I mean, I think I think we killed it. I could talk about email all day, though, so I won't go crazy. But if anyone has more questions, I live on Instagram. So feel free to come into my DMs. I'm happy to talk email all day long, as it were. <laughs> Thank you, Shannon. I want to give you a virtual high five for finishing another episode of the Taylor Hayes podcast. Love the episode? Share it and tag me on Instagram. Have a question? My DMs are always open. Until next time. Bye, y'all.